Hi all, welcome back to Woe is Media. We're here to give you the skinny, the fat, the thicky, everything you need to know about what happened this week. Annabelle, what are you talking about? Well, we got two big stories. First of all, we got another big, fat, expensive bill that may or may not be coming through Congress pretty soon for infrastructure. So that might be like the least sexy thing that people talk about. However, it is important and there's a lot of good stuff in this. So we're gonna break it down for you here. And then my second story is um, we have any gamers who listen, you may or may not be familiar with the platform Discord. Um, they, uh, there's a little rumor going on about them. So we're gonna address that in my second story, I know. Oh my God. Also, I just wanna point out that being important is already sexy in itself. So I agree. You're doing a, is sexy. You're doing a great job already. <laughs> what have you got for us? <laughs> okay, so bring us down a little bit. But uh, my first story is going to be about the most recent YouTube scandal going on. Okay. It's a little rough. So that's why I'm doing it first. And then we're going into a new movie that is going to be starting production hopefully soon and will be hitting theaters next summer. So Woo! blockbuster <laughs> season, you think it'll make a comeback post COVID? I hope so personally, because I have yet to go back to a movie theater and I'm dying to, like, I know a lot of people think that movie theaters are like a dying art form, but I personally get a lot of enjoyment out of them. So I hope they do. Yeah. I definitely don't think you're alone in that regard. I think a lot of people are chomping at the bit to go back to movies safely. So Heck yeah. All right, let's get into this. So to kick us off today, um, we covered the COVID-19 relief package that was passed a few weeks ago. Hopefully your stimulus check has hit your account by now because we're in April. So if you qualified, hopefully you got your money. Alyssa, you good? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, awesome. So there is another bill that is in works um, for infrastructure, which is kind of one of those like buzzwords in politics and if you don't like know entirely what makes up infrastructure, it's basically the backbone of society that keeps everything functioning on like the most basic level, like water, power lines, bridges, roadways, all like the really like boring things that you use every day that you never think about using. But if they didn't work, oh my God, would your life be a mess? Mm -hmm. True. So, and as we talked a few weeks ago, back in the Texas weather woes episode about how desperately we need to update our electrical grids in this country <laughs> because American electrical grids are failing and they cannot handle this extreme weather. This this bill addresses that. So we'll Love get into it. it here. Yeah, Alyssa is still a little traumatized from that winter storm. So. My eyes still twitching. Still recovering. We'll get there. But uh, so this Wednesday, President Biden revealed a over $2 trillion, trillion with a T. So he's he's not been shy about spending money thus far. Hey, big spender. Yeah, he's got some ambitious goals here. Um, he is a $2 trillion infrastructure and economic recovery package. So the spending would take place over the course of eight years. Ooh. And the way that they plan to pay for the $2 trillion is raising the corporate tax rate. So not individual people, the corporations. The tax rate would be raised from where it's currently at at 21% up to 28%. And that's how they would pay for it. Now, this is a pretty big jump. A 7% increase when you're talking about billions of dollars is obviously quite a bit of money. And that's yes. how they would raise it. And that's the point of it. That's why they're going to charge corporations and not the individual people. 
Um, but this is still a lot lower than the 35% tax rate that it was when President Obama was in office. When Trump was in office, there was a big tax cut from 35% to 21% for corporations. So this is kind of like a, a middle point between the two, you know, previous presidents. So it includes measures designed to stop offshoring of profits to hide from taxes because they're like, okay, you think you can outsmart us. You think you can put your money elsewhere because we're raising taxes. Nay, nay. We're gonna- <laughs> Nay, nay? You have to keep investing in the American economy if you are an American company. And basically the bill would fund infrastructure kind of and continue building it over the course of like a 15 year period. This is not like Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is American infrastructure. So they would put- $621 billion into bridges, roads, public transportation, ports, airports, and electric vehicle development. So if it awesome. have wheels, we'll travel, have <laughs> wings, we'll travel, all that good stuff. $400 billion for elderly and disabled persons care, $300 billion into improving drinking water infrastructure and expanding internet broadband access and updating electrical grids. As we know, this is crucial because we had the problems. And regarding drinking water, um, I don't know how many people are familiar with the Flint, Michigan water crisis that happened several years ago. It's still going on. It's still going on. There's still people in America, a first world country, who do not have access to clean drinking water from their taps. They have to either boil it or filter it or just buy bottled water, whatever whatever the case is, because these have like lead pipes and there's no amount of lead drinking water that is safe for like children to drink. Yes, what you got? Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was actually a Southern city, I believe it was either in Alabama or Mississippi recently that was also having uh, filtration issues with their public water system. I'm not familiar with that story, but I would not be surprised. I'll look it up while you keep continuing talking. I, I think there are a lot of like, water pipes in this country that are just like very much failing and eroding and all that and it's, yes. it's not good um it would also include 300 billion into building and retrofitting affordable housing and building and upgrading schools because obviously like you know schools are getting kind of overcrowded um there's a lot of kids who <laughs> need to be educated especially in the public school system um and 580 billion in american manufacturing research and development and job training the biden administration also plans to approve a first proposal that is designed to create jobs revamp u.s infrastructure and fight climate change so this is sort of a catch-all bill they're trying to help individual people with like some of the elderly care and disabled persons portion of it they're trying to help obviously the very basic necessities like electricity and drinking water and roads and then they're also kind of trying to help climate change so it's sort of a multi-pronged approach here and that's sort of why it's so expensive yeah. <laughs> all these things i mean it's a big investment but it requires a lot of money it's it's got a lot of good stuff in here also about trying to kind of create a little bit more racial equality oh yes so a lot of people don't know this but um there in the past have been previous infrastructure projects that really put like neighborhoods and popular areas where people of color live, it severely put them at a disadvantage. And the highway system was built, it went through a lot of those people's yards and a lot of their neighborhoods. And it just completely, it tanked the property value, first of all, because nobody wants to live right on top of a highway. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it just kind of made it like, obviously a construction zone when it was being built and then yeah. less safe of an area because you know wrecks and stuff can happen there Absolutely. so it really put a lot of um 
minority groups at a disadvantage. So there's a lot of um, really focus in this bill in particular to try and kind of fight that a little bit more. Um, they want to invest in the people in the fields who are really like using this infrastructure. So that's definitely a good thing for sure. Alyssa, if you just like had to guess, would you say that like, how do you, how do you think the other side of, of, the, of the aisle in Congress feels about all this? Referring to Republicans or Democrats? Uh, Republicans. I would say they're not a fan. Yeah, they're <laughs> not. So Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, he has said the GOP staunchly opposes this. He says there will be no support from our side. Yes. And while Republicans are interested in improving infrastructure, they don't want to raise the corporate tax rate to do it. They think it's really going to hinder economic recovery, especially right now, because we're kind of on the up and up a little bit coming somewhat slowly out of COVID. Um, it's a fair argument. It is a fair argument. Yeah, I definitely understand that. There are a lot of corporations that have been hurting with COVID. There are a lot that have really blossomed with COVID, particularly those like Amazon where everybody's online shopping. <laughs> Nobody's actually going to the stores. So they staunchly oppose a corporate tax hike to kind of fund any of this. But I mean, what is the other option? Exactly. Yeah. Also, I went back and I looked, it was Jackson, Mississippi, and apparently they've been having issues with their water infrastructure plan for the city mm -hmm. since like 2014, 2015. So oh, wow. it's only building, building problems. So just okay, gotcha. Okay, so it's not just Flint, Michigan, there's other areas who are in desperate need of this. I mean, exactly. God forbid people drink water that would harm them. That'd be pretty bad. Exactly. Make you very sick. <laughs> um, so yeah, the GOP is not super on board with this, but the other alternative to taxing corporations would be taxing you know, individuals. And Biden has said very explicitly that the purpose of this bill is not to punish rich people. The only tax increase on individuals that he's even mentioned is maybe on people who make more than $400,000 a year, which the vast majority of us- Do not. <laughs> not in that boat, yeah, not, not an issue. So, yeah, some more details that this kind of includes. They want to revamp 20,000 miles of roads, repair 10,000 bridges, and build a network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers. Okay. And replace 50,000 diesel public transit vehicles. So a lot of critics of the bill, they're a little bit kind of unsure of why we need to sink money as a government into electric vehicle manufacturing and like building the chargers and stuff like that. Because if you think about it, once cars started to become more accessible to people, public, like the government wasn't the one building the gas stations to fuel these cars. True. It was public companies. However, my take on this is like, well, the gas companies certainly aren't gonna build electric vehicle stations because that would put them out of business. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the car manufacturing companies could build electric vehicle stations. Sure. I think that would have to be the, the element of private business that would get involved there. I don't see, you know, the oil and gas sector kind of getting involved with this here. But we'll we'll see how that kind of comes to go about. A lot of people are not for the uh, electric vehicle charging network of this infrastructure bill. But um, yeah, so they're also going to try and make utility grids a little bit more resilient to the severe weather. <laughs> Um, and in particular, with this corporate tax increase, they really want to boost the global minimum tax for multinational corporations. So corporations, like whether or not they're based here in the United States, 
if they do a decent amount of business here, um, they need to be paying at least 21% in taxes, you know, like in pretty much any country, if you're going to derive a lot of your profits, you are going to have to, you know, pay back the government accordingly. Sell out. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of what, you know, put up and shut up, basically. <laughs> Love um, it. So this will obviously need 60 votes in Congress to get passed in the Senate, um, because we know it's 50-50 split. Democrats and Republicans. So the Democrats will need a minimum of 10 GOP votes in the Senate to try and pass the bill. Um, and with McConnell coming out and saying, uh-uh, like, I'm not supporting this. We don't support a corporate tax increase. We're not trying to hinder the recovery of the American economy. That's seeming like really unlikely, <laughs> yeah. the more this goes on. Um, so it's entirely possible they're going to have to use reconciliation, which is the same uh, budget process that they used to pass the COVID package. Now, remember, this is not something they can use for every single bill they want to get through Congress. It has mm -hmm. to be budgetary, and they can only use it twice every fiscal year. Mm -hmm. So this would kind of be one of their last chances to use the bill before the midterms in 2022. What'd you say? Oh, I was just like, it's the final count. It, yeah, I mean, it's getting there. We got midterms in 2022. It's <laughs> election season on Capitol Hill, apparently. <laughs> it's getting down to the wire. I know. Mitch McConnell said this is the wrong prescription for America and that it is not an actual infrastructure bill and there's too many other things in it. And he basically just doesn't think it's like a pure play infrastructure bill, which to be fair, it's not. It has a lot of other things in there about helping disabled persons and schools and things like that that are not you know, power and water. And a lot of people are also kind of not big on the broadband thing mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't necessarily see the internet as a basic utility. And I think that was probably the case 20 years ago, but I think it was absolutely a common yeah. utility now. So, I mean, there's hardly anything you can do these days without the internet. We're using the internet to record this podcast. So. Exactly. And just like we talked about previously, like all of these children, like remote learning during the pandemic, like you have to have a Wi-Fi signal in order to get your education, basically. Obviously, that's, you know, improving with time as more vaccinations are taking place. But, you know, in case something else, God forbid, happens, we have to be prepared for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Biden has said that he really wants to get GOP support. He doesn't want this to be a completely partisan bill, which is understandable. Um, this would, if it does get passed, it would be like the greatest bump in government infrastructure spending since the Great Society in the 1960s, Ooh. which was very much like a bipartisan bill. Like both parties kind of agreed to that. However, the political climate's like really changed the country's only gotten more polarized. People have really kind of like picked a side and stuck to it. It yeah. seems to be very hard to meet in the middle of these days, like despite their best efforts. So I kind of think that this is going to have to end up, if they want to pass it, I think Democrats are going to have to use the reconciliation measure. But with how big of a deal it is, just in terms of like the sheer size of it, $2 trillion, I do think that this is probably like a good one to use the process on. Mm -hmm. I personally feel like if you're going to use it, you should use it, like go big or go home, right? Use it yeah. on like, the biggest thing you think you can get with it. So strategically, I think it, it makes the most sense for sure. A lot of GOP arguments are also saying the people who are benefiting from infrastructure should be the ones who have to pay for it, which would be, you know, individual taxpayers mm -hmm. um, as opposed to corporations, or they kind of like the idea of like user fee kind of for I, obviously you pay your water bill, you pay your electric bill, 
sometimes you have to pay tolls depending on where you are in the country, but you're not necessarily like paying actively to use roads and to use bridges and things like that. And I guess that's their argument that that's kind of how things should be paid for as opposed to raising corporate taxation, especially mm-hmm. with kind of this economic recovery going on, kind of in moving into this like post pandemic world. So we'll see what happens. I think Biden is feeling a lot of pressure to fight climate change because that's not really something that was a big focus in the last administration um, or even really in the Obama administration, there was not like a ton of stuff going on. Um, There's always kind of been bigger issues more at the forefront than climate change, but uh, climate change is real. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And it it will kill us slowly and um, eventually quickly if we're not careful. (laughs) Death, death, death and despair. Sorry, um, <laughs> we only get one planet. We're not going to the moon, so we have to we gotta take care of it while we can, you know? True that. So, yeah, um, we'll see how they decide to go about passing this, if they're able to get it passed with any sort of bipartisan support. But, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a pretty solid bill. I'm all for helping, you know, communities that were sort of screwed over by past infrastructure projects. And, you know, I think children should have access to clean drinking water casual casual it's important um there's a lot of like lead and copper pipes in the country's water network that we have right now um and like i said there is no amount of lead water that is safe for children to drink it will make them extremely sick so it's um that's pretty critical that you know if nothing else gets passed that portion of it is at least focused on so yeah that's pretty much all i have on the infrastructure bill Alyssa, do you have any comments you want to make before I move to the next story here no yeah silence is deafening all right sorry (laughs) like I said infrastructure is not the sexiest thing to talk about it's only so many discussion points but it's important so moving into the uh the discord rumors here Microsoft our friend Mr. Uh, Bill Gates who's no longer the CEO he has retired but it is still his company he was I thought you were about to say he's no longer with Oh my gosh, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> oh God, I was like, what did I miss? No, that what a loss that would be. No, oh Bill my Gates gosh. is an incredible human being. I might have to do a piece on him at one point. But, Agreed, um, he's great. He is great. Um, but Microsoft is supposedly in exclusive talks to buy Discord, which is at its core a chat app for about $10 billion or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we remember last year around this time, when President Trump decided to go to war with TikTok, um, he really just wanted to like ban it in the States. And he was like, the only way that people can use TikTok is if an American company acquires it. So I don't know if people remember this, but there were a lot of companies who were supposedly in talks to end up purchasing TikTok. Uh, None of which happened, by the way. That has been on the back burner since we have a new sheriff in town. um, And he's not super concerned about TikTok and its Chinese parent company ByteDance. So I guess he's got bigger fish to fry here, like the infrastructure bill. Seems like but, it. Um, Microsoft was one of those players in the market to buy TikTok. So we know that they have a pretty strong interest in getting into social media. Um, so that's kind of why they're potentially interested in Discord. Um, Discord has 140 million monthly users. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a lot. Um, it's almost up to the size of Twitter's monthly users. And Discord is a lot newer than Twitter is. So is. that tells you something for sure. It's it's definitely got a really strong following and people who use it are on there very regularly. Um, 
it would kind of parlay nicely into Microsoft's Xbox business because the vast majority of the users who are on Discord, most of them are video gamers. Um, these people kind of use the app to chat about like the games they're playing in real time or they'll have message board postings. Um, and it would kind of allow Microsoft to get more into the video game element with more of a software and a user interface rather than just the hardware of the gaming console that is the Xbox. So if you're an Xbox player, you're probably with like Xbox Live and kind of other things that you can use to chat with people um, and who you're playing with. But Discord would kind of help it become a little bit more streamlined and simultaneous. Um, Microsoft is currently building an online gaming service where you can stream Xbox games to any device with internet. Ooh. And that'll kind of allow you to move away from having an, a physical Xbox or like any sort of gaming console at all. Um, yeah. It's just gonna be, you know, basically all over the internet, which is pretty cool. So our friends over at uh, Wall Street Beds, <laughs> they enjoy Discord as well. They kind of use it for some of their stock discussion purposes. They're not solely on Reddit. They kind of use other apps as well. Um, and Discord is one of them. And it's kind of just a good place to like chat and have conversations and general discussions about things like that. It actually, I did not know this, but if you remember our Clubhouse episode way back several weeks ago. Number one, um, I Discord, think. Yes. It was like our first episode. Yes, it was our first episode. You're yeah. right. It seems so long ago now. <laughs> um, Discord actually offered live voice chat before Clubhouse did. So we talked about how Clubhouse is kind of a combination of Zoom and Reddit where it's discussion, but it's like audio. Discord actually had this first. Nice. So that's interesting to know. I did not know that. I'm not a gamer. So I am not on Discord and I've not found it as something I need to use on anything else, but um, <laughs> seems like a pretty cool platform. Um, so honestly, we've talked about also how big tech has gotten kind of in trouble recently with Congress and they've been testifying and offering their, uh, their input on things like big data and like security and misinformation and things like that. But Microsoft, even though they are a massive company, they own everything from like all of the office suite products that you probably use at work on a day-to-day -day basis. So Excel, Word, PowerPoint, every, anything you would need for school, all of those. They also own Skype. Uh, Teams is a Microsoft product. That's kind of a workplace chat function, meeting setup, um, Skype, like I said. And then they have LinkedIn as well. A lot of people don't know that, but LinkedIn oh. is kind of their really only investment in social media right now i use air quotes because linkedin is not really social media it's, yeah it's for networking but you can post pictures and stuff right so that's i fun. guess but like everybody always tries to link it <laughs> link it into the social media corner and i'm like no it's it's, it's not. yeah it's kind of a hybrid platform in my opinion it's not it's not really social media but um that's kind of why microsoft wants discord because it would kind of get them into the more common consumer user interface area um and microsoft really like it's a good candidate to purchase discord because microsoft has a whole lot of money they have a ton of cash um i can't remember if this is still the case but uh, just a little quick tangent here um publicly traded companies usually have a publicly traded like debt as well like you can purchase bonds from corporations um mm -hmm. microsoft's debt I don't know if it still is, but at one point it was, it received the same 
like credit strength as the U.S. government. Oh. Basically saying that the U.S. government and Microsoft were just as likely to like pay back the money that they owe you, which is like insane. Like no companies have that good of credit. Wow. So yeah, they got a whole lot of money. Um, they're extremely profitable um, and they can afford $10 billion. I mean, it, it's, it's an, an investment, but it's, it's something that they can pay for for sure. Um, and all of the other big tech giants who could potentially afford Discord, they're already under scrutiny for all this antitrust stuff like Facebook. Uh-uh, there's no way they would let Facebook buy Discord, um, nor Google, nor Amazon, nor Apple. So Microsoft is kind of like the best player to sort of get in here. And I think this is like a key opportunity for them. Um, and it would kind of shift Microsoft's mission into two of technology's fastest growing markets, which are digital transformation and cloud computing. So um, Discord is also like, it would be really well suited, honestly, for like Microsoft's business division too. Like a lot of people use Teams and stuff like that at work and they're not generally a big fan of it from what I've heard. Are you not a Teams fan? Uh, no, just because it never seems like as long as we've been using it at my workplace, no one still understands it or uses it properly. So it's not very like user friendly. It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, no, we don't have, um, we're a WebEx company. So oh. that's what we use, which is also Microsoft or no, excuse me, that's Cisco. But um, anyway, um, Cisco, Cisco. Yeah. Like the thong song Cisco. No. C-I-S-C-O, it's tech company. Never mind. <laughs> Drinks water and runs away. <laughs> I thought you were seriously out here being like that thong, the thong, 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 like owned your like, okay, never mind. Continue. Okay, I, I don't think I knew that that was the artist there, but- uh, Cisco, yeah. Before you know, um, I, I usually just think about the Glee cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Will Schuster did in season one. Yeah. This is like the summary of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking business and Alyssa brings up a music reference. The thong song? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like apart from all of its business divisions, Microsoft really doesn't have a big consumer facing community like most of the other big tech giants. That's why they were interested in TikTok because TikTok has a bunch of users. Discord. 140 million monthly active users. So Ooh-wee. this is a cool activity for them. And there's not going to be probably any antitrust scrutiny because I think there's also just a little bit more inherent trust with Microsoft than there is in some of these other companies. And I don't know if that's completely deserved or not, um, but it's but it's there. I mean, the Capitol Hill doesn't seem to be that concerned about the size of Microsoft, even you know as massive as it is. Um, it's... I talked a little bit about how it would kind of help Microsoft get into the two fastest growing markets in technology, which are digital transformation and cloud computing. Um, so Microsoft have, has its own cloud network and it's called Azure, um, A-Z-U-R-E, like blue, I guess. Azure is a blue, I believe, but- um, It is. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for confirming. I was like, am I crazy? I don't know. <laughs> um, it would help, Discord would help Microsoft kind of migrate its cloud network a little bit more to Azure. Like Discord would be migrated over to Azure. Um, I don't understand all the inner workings of cloud computing and all that, but it would allow Microsoft to kind of bolster their cloud computing network and compete a little bit more with Amazon Web Service, which is like one of the biggest cloud computing 
platforms like in the world. Um, so yeah, it would basically just kind of, this is a really cool opportunity for Microsoft because it's not directly social media, but it is, you know, a social platform at its core because it's a chat app. Um, it would kind of help streamline very nicely with a lot of its, you know, business divisions because it would kind of help small and mid-sized teams like, you know, be a little bit more productive and communicate in real time and file share and stuff like that. Cause like we have Skype at my office, Skype sucks. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's very slow. It's constantly buffering. Like I would do Skype calls with people in middle school when it was like the hot new technology. And I, yeah, I can't say I would never choose to use that platform now if there are other options. Yeah, I'm so, good. Which there are. Teams isn't a big thing either. So yeah, Zoom, yeah. <laughs> Zoom is its own thing. So it's a good option as well. But uh, yeah, so I think this, this will be cool if Microsoft can kind of get this deal closed. It's it's not a done deal um, and it's definitely not for sure happening. They're just kind of in discussion talks right now. Discord is a private company. Um, so don't be running out and buying Discord stock because there isn't any to purchase. You can purchase Microsoft stock though. So we'll see what happens if they decide to cough up the whole $10 billion for it or if they negotiate it a little bit, we will see. But um, I think I'm all for it. I think this is a really cool opportunity for Microsoft and we will see if they can get it done. Yay. All right, what you got, Alyssa? Okay, now we're gonna take it down. A little bit um because what i'm about to discuss is very serious okay um i have to ask annabelle are you familiar with james charles i believe so okay have you heard anything recently if i have i'm currently drawing a blank um i know he's a youtuber i'm not sure what the current scandal is so please enlighten me okay so, gosh, okay, sorry, this, I, I promise I'm going to get to the nitty gritty. It's just like, this is a really serious topic, but it's like one of the ones that's like been on my radar all, all week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to start off with uh, the beginning, the beginnings of sister James Charles, and that'll make sense in a second, I promise, for those of you who are not familiar. So James Charles first garnered notoriety with his viral senior portrait in 2016, where he had like a full beat mug and a ring light to make sure that he was like caught in his best moment for his senior portrait. And because of all the notoriety he received from this viral post, he subsequently became the first male spokesperson for CoverGirl Cosmetics. And it was a huge deal. I don't know if Annabelle personally remembers it, but I do. You remember seeing him? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like typically makeup brands, you really only have like female ambassadors, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's no reason men can't also dabble. No, not at all. Makeup is for everyone, in my personal opinion. And I remember you can wear makeup. Yeah, exactly. And I remember seeing like his promotional photos, like in the campaigns, like in my like Walmart in my hometown and being like, wow, that's so cool and progressive of how these like major makeup companies are actually looking into all of their clientele base and seeing that, hey, it's not just like (coughs) white women. Um, and reaching further out there. So by 2019, 
he has garnered 10 million YouTube subscribers because that's mainly where he does most of his work is on YouTube and over 10 million Instagram followers. Wow. Big deal. He's had partnerships. Sorry. Big deal. Yes, <laughs> like you said, big, big deal. He has had partnerships with Morphe Cosmetics, YouTube, and regularly collabs with celebrities um, to do their makeup. Like I believe he's done, he's done Iggy Azalea's makeup. I'm pretty sure he's done Kim Kardashian's makeup at one point. Like he, he brings in the big names for his uh, collaborations. Okay. So that's just your baseline. Oh, also he calls his fan base sisters. Like he like opens every video. He's like, hi sisters. So that's why I called sister. And he always tries to put like a, he tries to make it a thing like sister snatch, sister sauce. I don't know. I'm blanking at this point, but he always tries to like, be like, oh, we got a sister scandal on our hands. Speaking of. He just like names and personifies everything. Yeah, exactly. But it always has to have an S to go along with the sister. <laughs> gotcha. Um, okay. Speaking of scandal, in February 2017, he had his first notable scandal when he tweeted about how he and a group of friends were going to be traveling to Africa. Okay. And when he tweeted this, alongside that statement, he said, oh, I hope we don't get Ebola. Y'all remember Ebola? I do remember Ebola. Mm -hmm. So obviously this caused a bit of concern because- Insensitive, it's, yeah. It's, it's very insensitive. It's not okay, yeah just because some certain countries within Africa are less developed than America, he assumes that, you know, he'd be more prone to catching the Ebola virus. So he tweeted out an apology in which he referred to Africa as a country. Okay. <laughs> um, the great nation of Africa. The great nation of Africa. Um, so that was all also met with concern. Also, I said it was a tweet, it was an apology video. So he was trying to cover his tracks, but only kind of made it worse. Um, well, it sounds like he needs to go back to a third grade geography. Correct. Yes, he is a young individual. I think he is currently 21. So okay. he, he, he's younger. He is younger, but yes. you know, Africa no excuses. is fact, not a country. It is a continent. No, not at all. Yes, no excuses, but he is younger. Um, okay, so in April of 2019, he claimed in a video that he was, quote, not fully gay, unquote, because of past attractions to trans men. And he also included women in this. And, you know, my personal opinion, sexuality is a spectrum, you know, do what you feel, be attracted to who you feel. But I do feel as though if he had stopped at saying, oh, I'm not fully gay because I've been attracted to women in the past, it wouldn't have become a scandal, but seeing as he did include trans men in right. this statement, it he garnered a lot of transphobic backlash, which he should have. Right. Because trans men are men. Are are men? Yeah, just exactly. because they were women at one point, mm -hmm. they never emotionally attached themselves felt like a woman. Gender. So they, exactly. you know, they were men. So we're kind of building up to. A few, a few scandals of his in the past. And now we're gonna get to the nitty gritty. And I don't know if Annabelle remembers this, but part of this 
scandal that I'm about to talk about was actually happening uh, when we were seniors in college and we were living together at some point. And I don't know if you remember uh, me and our friend Claire talking about um, Sister Geddon, as it came to be called. So in May of 2019, a fellow YouTube beauty guru by the name of Tati Westbrook mm -hmm. accused Charles in a video of, quote, trying to trick a straight man into thinking he's gay, dot, 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 yet again. And she also stated in this video that she was afraid of him because of seemingly predatory behavior that he had exemplified in the past. Okay. Now, James Charles, because of this video, set a record on YouTube for losing over 1 million subscribers in less than 24 hours. Dang, that's a big drop. Yes. And I know to some people that aren't involved in like YouTube, this doesn't seem like a really big deal, but like YouTube is a full-time job for a lot of people, such as Tati Westbrook and James Charles. And this yeah, is absolutely. how you make money. It's yeah. probably the most lucrative of the social media platforms for these content creators because they're video ads and those are the most expensive to purchase as a corporation. And they're definitely the most, that's where you're going to get your money as a content creator rather than just like a post or, you know, something like that, a hashtag, whatever you're using on your picture. Absolutely, yes. And this is also like how you get you know, your name out there. So you right. can do collabs with like Kim Kardashian and Iggy Azalea and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I also just want to state that Tati is by no means in the clear, which I'll get into later, because the basis of this video being posted was not that he tried to prey on straight men. It's because he promoted another vitamin supplement company and Tati herself has her own. So it was very petty. It's just like, okay, oh, girl, yeah. whatever. But she happened to throw in these other more serious accusations on top of this, which caused a stir. The claims were later corroborated by both YouTube makeup guru, Jeffrey Starr, as well as singer Zara Larson. Okay. Charles posted a 41 minute video with evidence refuting his accusations that led to the reversal of trust where people started believing him and not believing Tati as much. And this, y'all, this stuff went on forever. And this part doesn't really have much to do with James Charles, but now Tati has come out and she made a video a few months ago being like, no more lies, where she basically said that she was pressured by other creators into throwing Charles under the bus. But because that doesn't really have to do with Jane Charles, I didn't get much into it. So if you want to read about like Sister Geddon and Dramageddon and all that mess, please feel free to go on any YouTube channel that does like drama Y'all will, ooh, it will take you a full week to get all of this information in. Okay, so now we're at the present and the most recent scandal that James Charles has involved himself in. Okay, in February of 2021, a 16-year-old accused James Charles of grooming and sending unsolicited nude photos to him. Ick. Yes. Hmm. Charles denied this and decided to place the blame on the 16-year-old for lying about his age. 
Okay. Yes. That's nope. You cannot. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. That's not how things work. Also, that's a the, minor. Uh -uh. yeah. Also, there are laws in place to protect minors from situations like this. Right. So, this was then followed by accusations from another TikTok user and Twitter user, the latter of which claimed Charles flirted with him even after finding out that he was 17. Okay, so he knew in that one. Yes. Now, most recently, as in last week in March, a another TikTok user posted alleged messages from James Charles, including Charles accusing him of lying about his age. And I did see the messages that were posted and they were very aggressive. Like it, he was basically like, you will be hearing from my lawyers, like mm -hmm. talking to the underage person. Just like trying to scare him. Yeah, exactly. And James Charles has since posted a video confronting all of these accusations and he, in his apology video, he admitted to sending sexually explicit messages to 16-year-olds and blamed it on the fact that he was, quote, desperate. What? I'm serious. This is real stuff. That was his excuse? Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm so desperate for love. Like, I just resorted to talking to 16 and 17-year-olds. And it's like, no. That's not how that works. No, that's definitely not how that works. Also, like. I wonder if it's still up. I haven't looked today, but. Um, so this video has been met with obviously very negative backlash. Yes, it is currently still up. It has 5.6 million views on it. And it's titled Holding Myself Accountable. For being desperate. For being desperate. Yeah. <laughs> and preying on young children. And it's really disheartening because the majority of James Charles's fan base are young children. Right. And there have been instances in the comments of this apology video in which the children are coming to his defense. And it just. Serious, then. It's very serious. And I'm amazed that this video has been public for three days now and there have been no updates about like charges being filed against him which I think is just a failure on sure. you know the LA County Sheriff's Office or whatever you want to call it but when he's out here admitting to such fierce allegations as these and just acting like, oh, I was desperate. It's no big deal. It's like, no, sir, this is a very serious issue. And just because you think that your young fan base can come to your aid and stand up for you does not mean that what you did was right. Right. And just because you are quote unquote desperate does not mean it is ever okay to exploit minors and solicit inappropriate imagery from them. Absolutely not. And there was, um, there was a thing, uh, I don't have the full details about this. So apologies if I get a fact wrong, but in the video, he states that he has always been more attracted to old, someone who's older than him. Like his ideal relationship would be like someone who's like five, 10 years older than him. 
but a clip has resurfaced of when he was a guest star on, I believe, Trisha Paytas's podcast, which Trisha Paytas is a, a case in and of herself. But in the clip, which I have watched, he outright says, oh, I've always been attracted to people that are younger than me. The, the youngest I would ever date is like 18. And it's like, because I feel that people don't pay attention enough to the idea that yes, while 18 year olds are by legal definition legal and quote fair game, people that sit here and wait for children to turn the age of 18 just so that they can be in the clear. Make I, it okay. Yeah. Exactly. It does not make it okay. And in my opinion, that is just as disgusting. And it's just, it, especially, I don't know if you remember this, Annabelle, but when Billie Eilish, yeah. like, turned 18, 21, like, people were like, oh, yay, it's okay you to sexualize, sexualize, her sexualize and fetishize her now. It's like, an adult. it's like, that's no, no. So it also gives you a good idea of like, the YouTube influencers are a very interesting group of people. Because, you know, they're basically putting these YouTube videos out by themselves. I'm sure some of them are signed to a company and have, you know, managers and lawyers. But for the most part, these people are doing their stuff on their own. And I was talking to my brother about this this weekend. But it's almost like they don't realize what they're doing is wrong because they have gained so much quick notoriety and so much positive fame so quickly that they see everything they do as untouchable. Right. And he probably thinks that because he has such a young following and fan base, he's like, oh, kids love me. Like, it's not a problem. Exactly. So I just wanted to bring some light to this. You know, obviously you guys can go um, look more into this if you're interested in it, but it just, it's disgusting to me. And I personally do not think he should have a job and he should not be having his videos monetized and he should not be making money off this platform anymore. No, if he's going to prey on underage children. That's, and admit to it. And admit to it. Mm -hmm. And claim it was because he was desperate. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, this is like a whole new level of hubris in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just the pride is insane. Mm -hmm. It is. It really is. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to go to a more positive side of the stories. We always try to end on a positive. Exactly. A nice little palate cleanser, if you will. Okay. So a few of my favorite people in the entire world this oh. week announced what? I, I'm listening. I feel like I, I feel like I have an idea of what you, you think I'm about to say. I think you do too. So just say it. It's, I, I don't think it's what you think. So stupid. Okay. We have telepathy, sorry. We do. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Anyways, Jordan Peele has announced that Stephen Yun is in talks to star in his next big film alongside Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. Woo! What a cast! Right? is the director of Get Out and Us. And he did the Twilight Zone miniseries on CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus. He's got some bangers. He does, he really does. He's got some really good content. 
He does. He, uh, God, Jordan Peele is one of my favorites. Um, now I have to ask you before I get into the rest of my story, was it what you thought it was going to be? I thought it was BTS related. Exactly. And I fooled you. Sorry. <laughs> but Steven Yoon. Also my baby daddy. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I really like him. He's also, he has worked with Peele before because he was in an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's right. Mm-hmm. I He's believe really cool. I saw that one. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Yeah. But it's also just like personally a nightmare because Steven Yun, Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, these are three people that I am very attracted to. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be like, yes, in a movie by Jordan Peele. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's your, it's everything rolled into one for you. Isn't exactly. It? <laughs> now, if BTS just did like a walk on cameo, it'd be like heaven. <laughs> And then Megan the Stallion like did the soundtrack. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> While we fangirl over here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so Peel will be writing and directing this upcoming film, which so far we don't have a title and we don't have a synopsis, okay. but he is also co-producing with Ian Cooper, who has been a part of Peel's production company, Monkey Paw, for quite some time now. So I think it's going to be a banger, as we stated before. This is also a film that is part of the five-year deal that Peel has with Universal Pictures, and it is slated for a July 22nd, 2022 release. Okay, so next summer. Yes, exactly. Now, I am a big fan of Jordan Peele because I'm a horror buff and I love like psychological like thriller horror films and I especially love Jordan Peele because I really do feel I feel about Peele that he is revolutionizing the horror genre because for so long like no one has given a damn about horror films when they come out in theaters like yeah they'll get some notoriety for like the audience base but critics never take horror films seriously. No, definitely not. You never see them on the slate at the Oscars or not even really the Golden Globes. No, absolutely not. And so that's what I really appreciate about Jordan Peele because Get Out changed the game. Like yeah. the fact that Get Out is an Academy Award winning film boggles my mind. Right. And it just like, I, I can't go into how much I love Get Out. Like I saw it in an early screening on the University of Georgia's campus. And that is one of my favorite movie going experiences because the energy in the room was just so palpable and everyone was having a good time. Yeah. And Listen I think I together. We did. Yes. I actually it's not your first viewing, but we were on spring break uh, in Southwest Florida and it was yes. kind of going to be a gross day. So we were like, well, this is not beach weather. Let's no. go see a movie. This is like, we're going to get out. <laughs> And everyone was like, oh, I don't know. Like horror movies aren't really my thing. And she's like, no, just, just wait. We're going. Um, like, the whole movie theater was like screaming at certain points. Um, but it was it was such an experience. And like, I'm kind of a scaredy cat. So I'm not the biggest horror buff myself. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this movie because it's cerebral. It it's is. It's not just jump scares. It's not just people running after you with chainsaws. There's like actual scary thematic elements to it. And like Daniel Kaluuya was in Get Out and he, oh. his performance is one of a kind in my oh opinion. Oh my God, love Daniel Kaluuya. Ugh. But I don't know if you remember this, but after the movie was over, I like basically like listed a freaking IMDB article of mise-en-scene 
that was like portrayed in the film and you guys were like oh I didn't even think about that and I was just like I was reveling and being able to like share this moment with you guys because once again Annabelle never goes to see horror films with me but I was like so excited in that moment and I think one of our friends at one point was like I think you're reading too much into it and I was like I'm not though no I'm not for real like I mean this extremely racist woman has separated her snacks of color from her white milk. Mm-hmm. Like just the very subtle imagery. Like everybody at the party is wearing white. black and white. Yeah. And Daniel Fluey's character is wearing blue. Yeah. And they have an auction at one yeah. point. Yeah. I don't want to like completely spoil the ending if you haven't seen it, but oh my goodness, please go watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Please, please. Now, have you seen us? I, it's on my list again. I've not seen that one. That's the one with the bunny rabbits and the, the big, it's like they're um, doppelgangers, right? Yes, the tethers. I think it's on HBO Max here. Let me check for you. Thank you. Let me <laughs> check for you. I've started to get more into horror films recently. I just have to watch them with somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Not not something I can watch by myself in my apartment. But Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, girl. Watch right. it over Zoom. I'll be in touch. Um <laughs> We might have to watch it when I'm in town. <laughs> I think in addition to Jordan Peele, I think getting a little bit off topic here, sorry, but I think, um, have you seen Ari Aster's movies? Of course I have. I think he's another kind of game-changing horror director if he chooses to stay in that genre. I um, I agree. Yeah, like Midsommar is kind of the big, like one everyone talks about because everybody in Gen Watch Z- that together. <laughs> big fan of Florence Pugh and Florence Pugh is amazing don't get me wrong yeah. my personal like favorite movie of his though is Hereditary because same I think about that movie every day and how terrifying <laughs> did I force you to watch that one too or did you watch it on your own time Hereditary yeah you can watch it together I think we did no I watched it with a best friend from high school oh well but I would love to indulge with you again and not have my eyes covered half the time. So. With the didgeridoo music in the background. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but, sorry, you're um, getting all of our personal content here together. Yeah, sorry. Um, but no, Us is like a really, really great film. Like I kind of spoiled it for myself because when the trailer came out for it, the it was Christmas 2018 because the movie came out in 2019 it was christmas 2018 the trailer came out when it what we were seniors in college when we were and i went to see it with a group of friends and i came home and i remember running into your room and being like annabelle (laughs) the bunnies the bunnies (laughs) but us is worth watching um he jordan peele actually co-produced the upcoming Candyman remake Mm-hmm. Have you seen the original Candyman? <gasps> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's okay. Uh, I watched it last summer for the first time. And I wouldn't say it's in my top five horror films of all time, but I do believe it is one of the scariest films ever made. Really? It That's- stayed with me. Like, I I watched it with... Um, uh, uh, a friend and I remember being like don't leave me please just stay the night I don't want to stay here the hook is gonna come get me like I was just like over it but 
I was so pumped up to see the new, he calls it a spiritual sequel. Um, Jordan Peele's Candyman, which he did not direct it. I don't want to give him credit for that because I'm pretty sure a woman actually directed it. I'll have to look into it. But I was so pissed when it got pushed back because of COVID, but now it's coming out this year and I am pumped up. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. Yes, it is directed by Nia DaCosta. So shout out to her. Um, the trailer for it has this haunting version of Say My Name by Destiny's Child. Because oh, you know, the whole thing about the Candyman is you say his name in the mirror five times. It's so good. So good. And Yaya Abdul-Mateen uh, stars in it, which is also a reason to go see it because that is a beautiful man. And Tiana <laughs> Paris is also in it, which she's a beautiful woman. Um, <laughs> I'm just here to thirst after everyone in the Jordan Peele universe. But is this coming out in addition to the Steven Yeun, Daniel Kaluuya movie? Say what? Is this coming out in addition to the new movie? No, this is coming out August, like this August. So these are two separate films completely? Completely, yes. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Candyman because once again, like obviously it's a remake and y'all know how I feel about remakes, but I do feel as though (laughs) this is a very smart way of doing it. And you know, if a remake is handled with care and love, it can be worth watching, in my opinion. He did, Jordan Peele remade, you know, the Twilight Zone series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw any of that, Alyssa, but I saw a few episodes and I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, the original Twilight Zone is also good, but it's kind of nice. It's like black and white and it just, you know, it's kind of nice to get like a modern take on it, I think. And once again, I am a huge OG Twilight Zone fan. Like, Leave It to Beaver and Twilight Zone are two of the, my favorite shows. Like, Every now and then I go back and watch re- reruns of the old Twilight Zone. And I don't know, there's just something about it that it makes me feel good. So if anyone wants to watch Twilight Zone with me, <laughs> I love it. So, but yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Jordan Peele, Steven Yeun, Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, all the greatness. And yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like that'll be a great movie. It kind of stinks to have to wait a year and a, a half. A whole year, yeah. Hopefully we'll get more details about it soon. So Yeah, well, well, and hopefully if they have that much time, hopefully they will, you know, put a lot of painstaking effort into it and it'll like just completely Treat it with care. Yeah, handle with care, like you said. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, um, Lissy, you got anything else for us? Uh, no. I watched basketball last night. Good job. <laughs> which Annabelle is like the more sport sporty person between the two of us, but I was like engulfed in the uh, the final four games of March Madness. So I just yeah. wanted to let you know I'm also wearing a master shirt right now. <laughs> so yeah, masters are this week. We have the uh, the final for March Madness on Monday. So maybe we'll take a break from business and talk about sports next week. Who knows? It's a long week. Anything can happen. Uh, We'll just see what comes up. But um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode learning about the uh, not so sexy yet very stable infrastructure, (laughs) as well as the Microsoft Discord potential agreement and, you know, all the the gross stuff with James Charles. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully that works itself out. Nobody ends up getting, you know, hurt. None of his victims end up getting, you know, hurt. I hope they all find, you know, soulless and, 
you know, people leave them alone because they did nothing wrong in this situation. So they have all of our love. Yes, absolutely. Our endless love and support. Um, And we have endless love and support for you, dear listeners. So thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) A little nice segue there. Um, We've we've had a lot of fun recording this um, and we will be back next weekend with new stories. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good week, everybody. Yay!